What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. It's our very first official, official post-strike episode. Can I hear some noise? Let's go. Can I hear a little commotion for the end of the strike? (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Like I said, the possibilities opened up. The heavens opened up and movies rained from the sky (laughs) and we were like whoa (laughs) this is a lot but that being said just a reminder um it's especially since it's back to normal our discord decides will be happening this week so if you are not yet in the discord lovely little plug um come through come join so that you can put your vote in for the discord decides this week if you're listening to this on monday um that means the vote will be going live tonight so if you guys want to be a part of that please come through um but actually the movie that we ended up picking today is one that a couple people in our discord had mentioned had suggested you said that you had been seeing a lot of buzz about this i'm gonna be quite honest with you i did not know anything about this movie before watching it today did we watch a trailer for this i don't remember i was really racking my brain i don't think we did i lit this did not ring a single bell for me 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 neither it was like i i watched a bit of the trailer and there was a part of me that was that thought, this is familiar. I feel like I've seen some of this. And then mm-hmm. five minutes into the movie, I was like, there's there just ain't no way. I, I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know a thing about this. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, this movie was one that the poster for, which you've probably seen the poster if you're listening to this. Um, it's that red poster with the woman with the, with the axe that's like about looks mm-hmm. like she's about to hit herself. I was seeing that personally making waves all through October. Um, granted, I was like keeping an eye out for some of the big hitters that were supposed to come out. You know, Five Nights at Freddy's, The Exorcist, Believer. Like these were the ones that I think a lot of people were hyping up going into the Halloween season. However, mm-hmm. this particular movie, I personally saw more people talking about than any other um and it got me curious i was like why is everybody so hype about this film and i was seeing a lot of similar things of like people being like oh snap when evil or when evil lurks like yo have you seen this movie this movie's crazy things are happening oh my god like this there was a lot of hype a lot of hype and a lot of people hyping Mm -hmm. this one up um so naturally the moment that we had the opportunity to possibly talk about this this one, I thought maybe we should go back. Because uh, that, that was one thing that hurt me about October. Like, power to the strike, power to the movement, of course. But not being able to cover the real heavy hitters was something that was very sad during the month yeah, of October. Yeah, no, that's fair. It did sting. Um, but 
luckily we're not too too far past october so we haven't missed out on too much but like i said yeah i missed this one uh some way somehow and also i am i don't i've really been slacking about being on social media lately uh so i think that's also part of the reason that i missed that general hubbub about it but like i said we do have some listeners who said who mentioned this film and mentioned that it was one that they wanted us to check out and that they wanted us to cover um so yeah it it ended up really working out i will i do have a little um tale to tell you though okay so because this is a movie that i had not had on my radar or hadn't really heard of that that much before you were the one who said oh well since people have been mentioning it should we just cover this and i went yeah yeah let's do it and then along the days since that i couldn't remember exactly what it was called i knew evil lurks but i couldn't remember if it was when evil lurks where evil lurks (laughs) i couldn't remember that so i in my head i just thought oh i'll just type in evil lurks and since it's like popping off right now i'm sure that's the first movie that's gonna pop up so i typed it into google and a movie called evil lurks popped up and it said 2023 and i thought obviously this is it (laughs) so I go to see where I can watch it, and Tubi was my first red flag. No disrespect to Tubi, but I just thought it was a bit weird (laughs) that (laughs) it came out recently and was already available on Tubi. I just thought that was a little strange. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the IMDb score for it wasn't that bad. Um, The poster was a little bit of another red flag for me. And then I read the synopsis, which said, Consumed with grief. Kimberly joins a hypnotherapy group and is quickly singled out by a hypnotist possessed by a great evil known as the Shh Man. <laughs> and so I read that synopsis and I thought, interesting. I don't know. I'm just so intrigued. Why is this movie doing? That just sounds like a pretty basic plot. It's giving me sort of, you know, bye bye man vibes and i just thought okay i I, maybe this takes it and turns it on a different way because i also thought oh i guess that kind of sounds like smile and so (laughs) (laughs) after reading that synopsis i had all these thoughts in my head about the discussion that we were gonna have i went all the way to tubi and pressed play the vibes immediately off i just thought there's no way there's no way this is what it is and i didn't want to text you because i didn't want you to know that I was so ill prepared. And so I said, I'm gonna figure this out on my own. Tried to go back through our Discord to find exactly when people were talking about it, couldn't find it. I think eventually, I I don't remember exactly how I figured it out, but I did. And I realized where I could find it, found it on Shudder, thank God. We've joked about it before, about us accidentally watching different movies, but this is the closest it has ever been before and you know what's crazy evil lurks is longer than when evil lurks so i would have been sitting there for an hour and 50 minutes watching the wrong movie and it would have been devastating (laughs) and i thought i can't believe i did that i can't believe i almost allowed that to happen it was a close one it was a very close call (laughs) 
So what you're saying is our next episode has to be on evil lurks. That's what I'm getting from you right now. Dude, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's one if this is one of those ones. It has 11 reviews on IMDb, which is why the score is so good because all of the reviews are 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. But just from the little bit I saw, I, I, no disrespect, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. That's, you so. know, that's fair. But hey, at <laughs> least, at least in your defense, you know, we weren't necessarily dealing with the shh man in this one. No. But there is a shh at some point in the film, so... There is. There's also a shit little crazy stuff that happens in this film. <laughs> there is so that I'm much crazy stuff that very, happens. very excited to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. But speaking of the crazy stuff that happens in this movie, we have to start with our scare scale. Yeah. Five, the scariest I've ever seen. One, it was, it was I. I wasn't mm -hmm. spooked. Uh, where do you put Winnie Willerks? Okay, so. <laughs> First off, this movie is scary. I'm going I'm to I'm throw it out there. I mm -hmm. feel like we've had possibly a couple films that have been good, but not necessarily too, too scary. Um, I do think this movie leans more in the scary side. Now, of course, with the nature of what we do, we get a little bit numb to some of the fear, to some of the scare. So mm -hmm. for me, what I will often do is rate things on how much they make me either jump or how much they make me audibly go oh shit and mm. this film made me audibly go oh shit at least four times so <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and i have to give it at least a four and i think i'm actually gonna put it at a 4.5 out of five. Oh wow on the scare okay scale. i think this film is pretty scary like on mm -hmm. granted there are some treks of time where things aren't necessarily like too crazy and happening it's more just like you're going through you're going through the plot and it's like not a lot of jump scares but i feel like when we do get to the scary stuff it is pretty scary and some mm -hmm. of the imagery that we see is also pretty gruesome um so i feel like for your average watcher this one's going to be kind of up there uh so yeah uh you know I'll, I'll say four we'll say four out of five okay I would give this one a three out of five. I'm very similar to you in the sense of this movie did make me audibly exclaim in one way or the other uh, quite often throughout watching this. It's pretty gruesome and gory it, and expectedly so. And there are jump scares. They're not a, a mile a minute jump scares. We don't get a ton of them, but I do feel like when we do get them, they are pretty pretty successful and i think overall the idea of what is occurring it within this film and really putting yourself in the place of these characters this is one of the more stressful films i've watched oh yeah i felt very very stressed out through this whole movie i never had a moment of peace <laughs> i couldn't remember what peace felt like about 40 minutes within this film i thought she was she was so free before this movie <laughs> began. But that being said, I think for scare uh, for for me, I think this movie is much more of a stressful suspense than a full out scare for me. 
So that's the only reason that it runs at three out of five. I also think that this is one of those movies that is very much a, it depends on what scares you type yeah. of movie because it is a lot of spiritual, um, super, like that sort of exorcism possession that is the root of this film. And I do think for people who that genre is very, very hard hitting for them that this movie honestly is probably up there. I would, if, if that is the case for you, then I I'm actually more on par with you where I think Mm -hmm. a four out of five is, is more the speed. But I think if that genre isn't, doesn't necessarily get under your skin, like it doesn't for me, I think that's why I fall more are three no i absolutely i hear you 100 percent because i feel like this film is less about the moments for me and more about the whole experience of it yeah which as you said is very very stressful <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh but without further ado we should just go ahead and hop right on in so homies we are entering into spoiler territory and you have been warned but today we are talking about When Evil Lurks from 2023. Um, as with many other foreign films, I'm going to do my best with these names. This film was written and directed by Damien Rugna and is starring Ezekiel Rodriguez as Pedro and Damien Salomon as Jimmy. Separated from his wife and kids, Pedro lives in the middle of nowhere with his brother Jimmy. But scary stuff happens in nowhere. And when the brothers accidentally release evil upon their town, it's up to Pedro to try and save his family. Insert pus-filled possessions, hungry hound dogs, and apple-flavored ice cream here. Our film concludes with all hell breaking loose in this small town. Will Pedro and Jimmy be able to fix their mistake? Or will their actions cause the dawn of a new evil? Also, I'm hungry, Grandma. Roll credits. Okay, apple-flavored ice cream sounds like it slaps. True, true. First things first. Huge fan. I've never tried it, but I am a huge fan of the idea. <laughs> um, secondly, big ball of pus. Accurate. <laughs> I wrote that down because I just thought, yes, there's no better way to explain the state of this man. He is a big ball of pus. <laughs> and you said it, it in the true. you said it in the synopsis too. That pus just sticks with you. It, it does. There's a there's a lot of pus throughout this film. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of goop in this. A, a good amount of body horror. I would yeah. say just in that way. There's a there's a lot of liquids leaking from places that they probably shouldn't be. Very um, whoppy. Wet ass pus. <laughs> very whoppy. A yeah, lot. A lot. A lot, <laughs> a lot uh, of leakage. <laughs> um, but yeah, this film is an absolute journey. Like I, I feel like just from yeah. from the rip, that is the biggest takeaway that I had. Now, I, I don't know about you. I'm personally like about an hour removed from watching this film. So like I'm pretty fresh from watching yes. it. It's so, honestly same. <laughs> so the experience 
is uh, still sitting with me pretty heavy. And um, mm-hmm. man, what a ride. What an absolute ride. what a roller coaster i mean from start to finish this is one of those movies that jumps pretty much into the action so you don't ever really get a moment of breath (laughs) before everything is going wrong and once everything is going wrong it just gets worse it's just an exponential decline Mm -hmm. that just gets worse and worse and worse so you're really just holding on for dear life throughout this entire film yeah and like I feel like on paper, this should have been a good film for both of us. Cause I feel like it does check off a lot of the boxes that we ask for in a lot of our horror movies. It mm-hmm. is, you know, it's scary, it's got body horror, there's a lot of dread for these characters. These kids are getting absolutely obliterated. <laughs> like... So yeah. So here's the thing. Y'all know I'm a proponent for get them kids, but this movie made me question myself. I said, are they? <laughs> Should we get them? I don't know. I just thought that was crazy. I really do still believe that. You know, I don't think that. I think having kids not be off limit ups the stakes because I I do think that there is something inherently scary and nerve wracking about the idea that nobody, not even innocence, is safe from an evil. And I do in some sometimes find it hard to believe when certain kids make it out of situations just because in certain movies you're like there's no way (laughs) you simply Mm -hmm. would not have survived this however i with the bite of a dog in this film (laughs) i really did sit there and say maybe we (laughs) maybe maybe i'm wrong (laughs) maybe kids maybe kids don't deserve to be as vulnerable in horror movies. I don't know. Dude, but no one is safe. No one is no safe one in is this safe. movie. And they really aren't, which ac- actually works quite well, I think, for the story like this, where the idea is once evil is unleashed, nobody should be safe. And I think that this movie shows that, that that's the big issue with things like this, is that truly no one is off limits. And that is why it's so important that this evil does not get released. I think mm-hmm. this is the first time I've really, really felt that deep within my core <laughs> um, was in this film. True, true. <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, Roshane, I simply must know what is in your notebook. Well, the first thing I got here is we got to give that cigarette an Oscar. Um <laughs> Speaking, of course, about the cigarette and or joint question mark that our main character, Pedro, is smoking at the top. Um, A lot of characters smoke throughout this film, and I just can't quite tell what they're smoking. I won't lean too much into it. They might hand roll their cigarettes. It it could could all well be that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But as Erica said, we jump right into things here. Um, Film basically starts with gunshots, and we get introduced to Pedro and Jimmy. We're kind of overhearing this commotion and trying to decide what they should do about it. Should they go out and check? Um, mm-hmm. Like, what do they think it is? Et cetera, et cetera. All the while, Pedro is delivering some great line reads, some great emotion, some great storytelling. And somehow this magical cigarette will not fall from this man's lips. And I just got to give him credit. That takes skill. I- 
love that shit. Nothing scratches my brain for some reason more than when a cigarette is just balancing perfectly in someone's mouth through the words that they're saying. Um, ah, something about it <laughs> I'm just, gets me. I'm like, yeah, that's you're saying some real shit. I don't there, even care what you're saying. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> But there are two particular things that I really like about this opening. One is, as you said, it really just kind of catapults us directly into things. Like, we as the audience have no idea what's happening. But these characters seem to have some semblance of an idea of, like, what it might be. Or they they just know something that we don't, right? And I actually like that energy at the start. Because it, like, compels me to want to listen more and figure out, okay, what is happening? I want to get on your level. I want to mm-hmm. understand this the way that you guys understand. Um, But then the second part is the introduction of these two characters, where we don't necessarily get a lot of info about either Pedro or Jimmy off the top. But I feel like after five minutes with these two, I already kind of get an idea of who they are as people. Um, Mm -hmm. And the biggest takeaway of the two of them is the fact that they are just regular people. And for me, that was kind of important to this story because the things that they are dealing with and this evil that they are combating very much feels like something that ordinary, everyday people can't handle. Mm -hmm. And this movie kind of proves that (laughs) the deeper that you get into it. Yes. Yes. One complaint that I have seen uh, for this film is honestly the fact that particularly Pedro is just a little bit of a silly bitch, especially in the decision making that we see. Um, Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing. (laughs) So we've discussed this a lot about the knowledge and the smarts of characters and how that can change the story. And it's funny. I mean... I would say I feel like only like horror movies and like rom-coms, honestly, the story benefits the stupider the character is because it's like in a rom-com, you always have to have that character who misinterprets mm-hmm. or, or thinks, oh, they hate me or sees walks in on something and they think it's something that it isn't. And that's what creates the conflict in a rom-com. And then in a horror movie, it's like the more stupid a character is, the more things will go wrong, which is good for the plot but can be very annoying mm-hmm. but i'm just like those are the only genres because you don't want to watch an action movie where the hero is like clumsy and dumb unless well, it's a comedy that's what unless, unless it's, it's a comedy but a, a legit action movie like you want the skill a legit mystery suspense you want a character who is clever mm-hmm. and in a drama you would like for a character to be taking things seriously but in a horror movie, it it does move the plot forward when characters don't make the best decisions, but it is it, that doesn't mean that it can't be frustrating because it is always going to be because it, you're always going to sit there and think I would have never done that. <laughs> um, and Pedro, I think, is the biggest victim, maybe besides Ruiz, but like Ruiz is taken out fairly quickly, and and you know that Ruiz Ruiz is supposed to be kind of a hothead who mm-hmm. doesn't really think things through. So you don't you're not surprised when he's kind of dumb. Pedro is our protagonist. And throughout this movie, I think we see the decisions that he makes become dumber and dumber. But for 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 this film, it works actually quite well for me because you're right in the sense that they're both just regular people dealing with a very unregular absurd situation that none of them are equipped to deal with but not only that but i think in this movie the more desperate we see pedro 
the worse his decision-making skills become because mm -hmm. he's no longer thinking rationally. The more emotional he is within this film, the more we see him make huge mistakes. And I think that he really loses his patience. Mm -hmm. Throughout this entire film, I think we see his patience wear thinner and thinner to the point that it snaps. And, and once that patience, what little patience he had, because to be fair, he didn't start with like a heap load of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as it gets thinner and thinner, I think we really see this character make some spur of the moment decisions that although our rational brains are yelling at him to not make, he's not there mentally yeah um so it does actually work for me in this film that does not mean it's not frustrating and i did yell multiple times at some of the things that they did in this especially when ruiz almost hit that kid and swerved his car i literally went you fucking idiot because i mean <laughs> he's he has his eyes off the road for so long but that's i i i think that the storytelling within this film and the situations that we find our characters dealing with and the type of people that we establish that they are works to help you understand why they have this sort of decision-making skills that they have. It does not make things easier to swallow, but I do actually think that I understand why these particular people, I think especially in comparison to a character like Myrta, who is thinking with her brain mm -hmm. and not emotionally putting stake into this, why she is so much better at rationalizing what needs to be done compared to Pedro. Yeah. And so, like, it is, I agree with you, it's frustrating in several points in this film when you watch Pedro do a thing and you're like, bro, bro. <laughs> um, it's hard. It's like It's so hard as the audience member. But... Mm -hmm. Again, remembering that these are just like regular guys, I do think that it adds a level of nuance and kind of a natural feeling to this film to just watch this guy who is not the smartest, you know, smartest kid in class. He doesn't have all of the answers. He knows a couple of things and he feels one way, which is I would like to save my family. Like these are the, mm -hmm. these are his guiding factors and he's trying his best to accomplish that goal. The problem is the evil that they're dealing with does not give a crap about his mm -hmm. wants, needs, and goals and is absolutely looking for him to make mistakes at any possible turn, which he right. does do, and subsequently gets punished for several times over. <laughs> Yeah, big time. <laughs> but also that's the whole, sorry, just a quick introduction. That is literally the whole point of the story too, is that Jimmy and Pedro are the catalysts of what goes horrible. It's like the good deeds that they try to do go punished. I think that is meant to be the whole point. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because so to set the scene here again, also we are in spoiler territory. I got to double down on this one. So if you don't want this ruined, go ahead, watch the movie and come back. But, you know, hopping in, we get the commotion at the beginning. And then mm. after we get some investigation, we find one half of a human body in the forest, which both of these guys, forever, for average regular Joes, seem very unfazed by the fact that there's only half a human sitting in this forest. Uh, their reactions to me were kind of funny in that way, where they're just mm -hmm. like, damn, 
this guy's dead. I wonder, I wonder who did this. Um, which honestly, there was one line. I think Jimmy, it was Jimmy that says that, oh, look, it ate Reese's goats. And part of me, there's a pause there. And part of me was thinking that he was going to say, and Ruiz, like I thought that it was going to be kind of like a joke delivery line there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the characters is trying to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, and on the body, they find some information about one of the people that live in this. I guess they're on maybe like a farm or like they're on Ruiz's land. Yes. From my it's understanding, like... he owns every the land that yeah. they are on. And like they either like work for him or something like that. But yeah, they're on Ru- it's... Ruiz's turf. It's like he is almost the landlord of however many acres of land that he owns. And he lets tenants buy up the land. Like or lots of Not land. buy the land, but he'll rent to them. And then they can, you know, live on the land. Because Pedro and Jimmy, or Jamie, I think is his actual name, but they call him Jimmy, um, live on there. But then there's also Maria Elena, who lives on there and all although Ruiz does not want them to live there. So it does seem like as long as you pay your rent, you're on his land, but he does like he is the land lord and he could potentially kick you off if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, but whoever this half a person was was on their way to Maria to Maria Elena um for or for some reason. Um, we find out later on that this person was a cleaner and their whole job is to get rid of the possessed ones who apparently are a thing that you have to deal with yeah. in this universe. Um, so this is a possession story in a way. Um, however, these characters seem somewhat familiar with this form of possession. This seems like the kind of like urban legend style mm-hmm. of possession where it's like you hear tales of these things, of these great evils that gets passed down to other people. But it's not it's it's rare for you to actually see it in person. However, it's not like so rare that people don't know about it because there is a process to this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like the characters are very familiar with if you do run into a possessed one, what are the steps you're supposed to take to then, you know, deal with that situation? It seems like that is more common knowledge um, than it right. is in like, you know, a regular everyday society. To a certain degree, it seems like. Yes, if you see a rotten is like the actual vessel, there is an idea of what you should do. And I agree. It does feel like it's this tale that is told and passed down and is actually taken quite seriously. But it also seems like depending on who you are, you might take it more seriously if you are more religious mm-hmm. or maybe if you um, had parents that were fairly religious. Um, that is probably something that is much more serious than to you because I what we'll see with like Sabrina and Leo, they know what Pedro is saying, but they don't believe him. They're not mm-hmm. taking it seriously in the same way that kind of their mother knows all of the rules and knows all of that, but she also doesn't necessarily take it seriously. It yeah. just, but it is, you're right. It is something that most people know about and it all, but 
and it also seems in that same way that I think Sabrina and and Leo don't really take it seriously is like their kids don't know about it. They don't they've never heard of this. They don't really understand. And so that is something that they kind of allude to a lot to throughout this movie is this idea that religion is kind of petering out. The churches are kind kind of dying out. And this is not something that's really getting passed down. And so some people are taking it very seriously. And then others are really treating it more of like an urban legend, something that you hear that's supposed to scare you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even their mother knows six of the seven rules, but she can't remember the last one Mm because it's like, obviously she heard it when she was a kid, probably hasn't thought of it since. Exactly. Um, But Maria Elena and her son both understand the situation enough to be like, Mm -hmm. hey, um, yeah, my other son, Uriel, he's definitely possessed. Like, he is a rotten. He is the things that we have heard about through these stories and whatnot. It's right here. It's my son. Mm -hmm. Look at him. And you take a look at Uriel, and you're just very much inclined to agree with her. This is not right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something is wrong. I wrote, yikes. Great makeup. He looks horrible i mean the sickest of the sick yeah it's a great makeup it honestly looks fantastic he looks great the entire movie uh every time you see him his makeup honestly looks fantastic shout out to the actor for having to be encased in all of that there's boils and pus and he's very bloated Mm -hmm. and it looks very very uncomfortable you can only imagine that he did not look like this a year ago uh, at all and that this has been a slow gradual sort of build up and yeah. because when pedro and and jimmy walk in i mean they're taken aback it probably stinks to high heaven first of all mm-hmm. and like i said this man is leaking pus leaking yeah it is it is bad and you touch on a very important part here that we find out that it's been a year this has been Mm -hmm. going on for a year and the the mom even told authorities like hey i think that my son may be possessed a year ago and just nobody did anything about it again because of that idea that not a lot of people really take this as seriously anymore um, so it's one of those things where, oh, maybe it's a crank call or like they're, yep. they it's just not think our business. That it, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like, they think it's a rotten or possessed one, but they don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. but no, no, he's been stewing in his own possession for an entire year. And once Pedro and, and Jimmy find out, they first off go to authorities to see if they can possibly do anything. They're like, Hey, come on, you got to help us out here. Um, Authorities don't want to do shit. No, it seems to have no plans of doing anything. They say, we call people to handle this. There's a protocol for it. And then we wipe our hands of it. Like, we we did what we needed to do. The rest is up to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, not really taking that as a good answer, they go to Ruiz to let him know the situation. And he is real upset about all of this. I mean, honestly, I think that's their first biggest mistake was involving Ruiz in the first place because here, the thing about it is I don't think there was any right thing that they could have done to prevent what happened because besides 
maybe wait for another cleaner. However, we do come to find out that this possession, long before they got involved, the possession had already spread from Uriel because we do find out that his younger brother actually is the one who took out the original cleaner because he, the demon was getting into his mind. So it's like even before they got involved, things were on a spread. Uh, yeah. Eventually, this would have gone to a bad spot. They had no idea if the cleaner would make it before he died. And once he died, it was a done deal. So it was not like they caused it to happen because it was already happening. However, the best thing that they honestly probably could have done was just to leave. I know that that is not easy because we do come to find out a lot of their life is within this house. That's Ruiz's biggest issue is he's like, I'm not leaving my land. You crazy. Um, but involving Ruiz in the first place was probably the thing that really fucked over their family because Ruiz is the one who decides that they should just move the body, which. Yeah. I mean, you're pussing up the whole town. It's you, you, they move him. <laughs> and first of all, this man is just like rolling around all of <laughs> They keep dropping him. He's Humpty Dumpty off the wall. Like they're like, oops. And the, the pusses bleed, like dripping through the blanket. They are legitimately leaving a trail <laughs> of just possession <laughs> the whole way to the truck. And then when they they drive him on the truck and that is when they lose him is because they swerve trying they almost hit this kid they swerve and he falls off of the truck and from then on they have spread the possession much further quicker than i if they had just left him in his house because it was like okay yeah he's still on the land but this is really what sets off the widespread version of the possession where it quickly gets into the town which is also Pedro's fault because why are you still wearing those clothes yeah why didn't you burn those clothes sooner (laughs) (laughs) why did you do that you know there's a lot of this is definitely there's a lot of um bad decisions that lead from that but I honestly think involving Ruiz who is not a level-headed man was the first big stumble for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I understand to an extent where Ruiz is coming from um, in terms of like, he knows the the scale of this Mm -hmm. danger and just really doesn't want to have that happen on what seems to be his livelihood. So like, I understand him being pissed and wanting to like find some sort of solution for this when the higher ups obviously aren't solving it for him. Yeah. But yeah, he does very much exacerbate the situation. Um, I will say one, a little bit unbelievable part for me is them not noticing the body fall out of the truck when they do the swerve. That, Mm. that just is a little sus to me. There's a lot of Uriel to be dropped out of that truck. <laughs> and the fact that they threw none of the side view, rear view, anything, saw any part of him, full suspect to me. But I, it's one of those things where, you know, you let it go for the sake yeah. of the plot. Although we do find out later that although Uriel is quote unquote bedridden, 
he actually can move on his own accord, even if he acts like he doesn't. True. Um, one thing we do find is that the demon uses kind of what people expect against them. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he tuck and rolled down the hill. I, <laughs> I would. It's a ridiculous image. So is the image of his head popping up from underneath the stage the stage that was funny that cackled <laughs> cackled me but uh, um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he moved very quickly out of their maybe eye line it's it's, uh, one, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it, it really doesn't matter in the like super yeah. grand scheme of things but it was something that i thought about but the imagery um, is funny yeah <laughs> But um, another part for some other people might be like, okay, why not just kill him? Well, you can't. There are mm -hmm. a very specific set of rules that you have to follow when dealing with a possessed one. One of them being you cannot hurt them. And the second one being you can't hurt them, but you definitely can't use guns or firearms on them either. Mm -hmm. Like you, There's a very particular way that you have to get rid of them. And if you don't, you're just going to end up spreading this disease. So. Ruiz initially goes there to kill Uriel. Like, that's his mm -hmm. plan. He's just like, fuck it. Fuck the rules. I'm just going to shoot him and be done with it. But then he ends up not doing that because he's like, ah, but what if, you know? He 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 gets cold, cold feet in that regard. So they go with the dumping method, which clearly does not work. Um, but from the moment they do that, they're screwed, right? E everything, is, everything is basically done so at the moment they move Uriel. But I love the slow progression and i say slow very loosely but the slow progression with which we enter into this evil i think is fantastic um mm -hmm. because this happens we basically kind of sort of cut to everybody going home we get this kind of re repeat shot of ruiz um at home with his wife uh having dinner and there is this thunderstorm that precedes all of the horror that's about to go down. And so we cut from this thunderstorm and there's a very fun like sound transition that cuts us into the next day where the wife is like yelling outside because there's something wrong with with the goats that are that are on the land. And he runs out. She's pointing out this one goat and she's like there's something up with that goat. There's something's wrong with him. Me personally, he seemed like a cute goat. I didn't really, I didn't really see what the issue was. However, they both knew instantaneously that something was wrong with this goat, and it leads into one of the bad, one of the most badass goat standoffs I've ever mm -hmm. seen. Quite frankly, um, yeah. I mean, Ruiz <laughs> allows himself to get baited by a goat. I mean, the goat. <laughs> Jimena, this is another thing, though. Ruiz is just not, like I said, he is a prideful guy who likes to think that he knows best. He doesn't like to be told what to do. And he is a desperate man, which always leads to bad decisions. Ruiz's only concern is the rotten being on his land. That's why he wants to dump it. He doesn't give a fuck if it affects anybody else. He's just like, I don't want that shit on my land. And so that's why they even take it. He had no concerns about if the evil would spread. He just was worried about it spreading where he was. And it's like, and that ended up not even really mattering because the evil does tell him because we do find out. So the, the rules, there are seven rules, no electric lights, 
Don't be near animals. Don't hurt them. Don't keep anything close to them. Don't say their name. Don't use a firearm. And don't be afraid of dying. Uh, first of all, Ruiz uh, is a farmer, so he has a shit ton of animals. Usually the <laughs> possessions start with the animals uh, with that they have. So it does start in the goat. And Ruiz is probably very scared about something happening to his wife specifically to her child because she's pregnant and the demon uses that against him so he already is on the edge sees this goat goat starts walking up i feel like the goat basically said fuck you and then ruiz shot him in the head <laughs> Because the goat's like, goat goes, bleh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what noise <laughs> goats make. Which is obviously goat for fuck you. Yeah, go for like, you ain't you ain't shit is what the goat says. Do but it. it. <laughs> but, the goat, but the goat gets out the like, you ain't. And then Ruiz <laughs> shoots it. But uh, Jimena. Also, real quick warning. A lot of animals get messed up in this yes. film as well. So you don't they like animals do. dying? They do, but if it makes you feel any better, they're very clearly possessed animals, so it doesn't feel the same. It's sad when they get possessed, but they do some crazy shit, so you're almost like, ooh, yeah, you should take care of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jimena does try to stop him, and he shoots the goat anyway, and immediately after doing that, Jimena does end up getting possessed, proceeds to kill him with an axe, and then kill herself with the axe by just swinging it into her own head over and over again. One thing I do love about this movie that I feel like starts here and continues on is there is a kind of tragic beauty about this film and the way that the landscape and the actual setting of this film is very beautiful. And it's kind of like contrasted against these horrors that are happening. There is a gorgeous sunset in the back of this shot where Jimena is just knocking herself in the face with an ax. It is a beautiful, it's one of those sunsets (laughs) where you think if I was there, I'd take pictures of this. But then this horrible scene is happening in front of it. That happens a lot in this movie of these picturesque moments that are also hand in hand with these horrible things because it happens again when the little girl's name Vicky happens again when Vicky gets taken it's a very beautiful day outside they're running through this very nice suburban neighborhood at the same time that Vicky is just being dragged through the streets and the <laughs> just the those two very differing things happening at once makes for a beautiful movie and I actually really like that a lot of these moments these horrible moments happen juxtaposed against this very normal beautiful place that is just being tormented by this evil and you know that this is never going to be the same even at the end when the demon gets born and walks out into the field and there's this gorgeous sunrise (laughs) of this little demon boy covered in the most fluorescent red blood i have i said who is is this diallo who is this (laughs) it's a very ripe bread (laughs) yeah it is it really is but you're right there is this film is very pretty despite the fact that so Mm -hmm. many awful terrible things are happening on the screen and part of me is almost like we needed that at, yeah. As something of a buffer filter for some of the horrors that are in store for us throughout this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every everything goes wrong on the farm. 
both Ruiz and his wife are now dead. And basically Pedro and Jimmy are like, all right, well, it's time to get the fuck out of here. Like, we got to go. Um, Pedro wants to go get his kids um, and maybe his ex-wife. Don't know if she was necessarily a part of the escape plan, but, you know, she's a part that he has to go through anyway. And then also they want to stop in town for their mom as well, um, which I I guess here's a question. Like, are they blood brothers or is it more of like a friendship sort of ordeal there? I think they're actually brothers. OK. Yeah, I think that they are brothers i think uh jimmy is younger than pedro it seems to me like they were probably living fairly i don't want to say separate lives but had both gone off and done their own things jimmy was going to school pedro had a family and then when everything went wrong uh, about four years prior to this film with pedro and his family it seems like that's when they moved in together mm-hmm. um but are blood related gotcha um, well, they're also going in town to get their mother then as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you mentioned before, um, one of the rules is don't bring things that have been close to mm-hmm. the the rotten or the possessed ones. And they even know this because part of his grant, Pedro's grand plan is, all right, we need to get to town. We need to make sure that we bring nothing with us and we need to burn our clothes because even those could be contaminated at this point. Mm-hmm. So he knows. He full well knows going to his ex-wife's house that he's got to get rid of these clothes. And it is one of the first things that he does do when he's there. He he bangs on the door. He gets in there, strips all the way butt naked in the middle of their living room. And is like, hey, I need some clothes. Okay. You know, you were following through with this plan, but again, Pedro is not a perfect protagonist, and he makes a very, very big error in allowing the house dog to just openly sniff his possession clothes. Yeah, and, and look all, sucking all, all that up demon. on it. Yeah, and I just think, for me personally, if I was going there in my best possessed attire, I think, oh, I'm walking in the scene with clothes that have been probably contaminated by all of this demon activity. I just think I would not wear that into the house. (laughs) I think I would maybe, I get it. Like it's probably worse to be butt naked outside than to just go inside. But at the same time, the state that Pedro's in, I really don't think that you would care. And so if anything, I would maybe go to their backyard, take my clothes off, get new clothes or i would ask for them to bring me new clothes first and then take my clothes off and change and then burn them i just think him having his clothes on the floor for so long inside of the house why would you even bring them into the house in that case it's like if you and like i said that's the thing is it's like they're smart in theory and i think that that's actually pretty honest is this idea of knowing exactly what needs to be done but then when the plan actually gets executed that going out of the door because i will say he is also thrown off by the fact that leo answers the door and will not let him in the house like mm-hmm. i don't think that that's also how he expected yeah he expected the interaction to, to come in there superhero mode be like yeah. wife kids 
let's go, shit's about to hit the fan, we're on the road. Like, that was his mm-hmm. plan in the grand scheme of things. But he forgot that he also has a restraining order, <laughs> or his <laughs> wife has a restraining order on him. Yeah. Um, and so there is some family drama that he may or may not have to navigate at the front door, which he absolutely does have to navigate. Um, and so we get this great scene of chaos between him and his ex-wife. Like, he is really adamantly trying to get them out of there before shit goes way too south, while mm-hmm. the ex-wife is very much like, not nah, Sabrina does not want to have anything to do with him, especially with the way that he showed up here today, just out of the blue, completely naked in her living room. I understand her anger. Sabrina, Yes, I get it. I actually do get it. And I think what I honestly like about this is, although it feels dumb for Pedro to bring those clothes there, I feel like the series of events that happen afterward do feel very natural. Like, this argument Mm -hmm. feels very raw, it feels very motivated, and it feels like it's coming from a real place from Sabrina. And, like, it's tough to watch Pedro have to try and deal with this while simultaneously knowing as the audience that like yo he really is trying to help y'all out if you would just listen to him they play a lot on your um preconceived notions of characters because Mm -hmm. we do watch this whole scene and your team you're you're on pedro's side because you know what's going on and it's not until later that you find out that pedro tried to kill himself with his children in the house, tried to kill all of them. And that is why Sabrina divorced him. That is why she has a restraining order. That is why she did not let him see the kids. We don't find that stuff out until later. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, Pedro is the villain. In that scene, he is the bad guy. You, Yeah, Sabrina is completely within her rights to kick his ass to the curb. And I actually think her and Leo are being a little bit more accommodating to him because they're worried that he is having some kind of break, psychotic Mm -hmm. break. And also I think that makes you understand why they are not taking him seriously because I don't think it's wild to think that that is potentially something he might use to weasel his way back into the family is, oh, there's this thing happening. We all got to go pack up the car. We're going somewhere together. I think you start to understand why Sabrina thinks that that is a tool or a story that he has made up to get the kids. And so, yeah, when you, I think learning what you learn and then going back to that scene, you understand why this was always going to be a losing battle. There's no way that he ever would have convinced Sabrina. There's no way she was ever going to let him have the kids. And this was always going to end with Pedro leaving in some way or another without Sabrina, without Leo, and without, I keep forgetting her name, Vicky. (laughs) And without Vicky, because Vicky is not Pedro's biological child. That is Sabrina and Leo's. And so, yeah, there's this whole argument that ensues in the chaos that this scene alone, just from the natural drama that is happening within this family, is already off the charge. Like, it, this is this is a very intense interaction that we are seeing happening between these adults that is mixed in with these kids who don't really know what's going on, but are also kind of inserting themselves into the situation. 
And while all that's happening, you know, the dog is possessed. I think that's the thing that's the most stressful about this is, you know, you know, that that dog, that ain't a good boy anymore. You know, you just know it in your heart. (laughs) I swear to God, the moment that dog sniffed the sniffed the clothes, I wrote Mm -hmm. my notes. That dog is about to be a menace was the note and the note that immediately proceed or immediately is after that one is called it. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> immediately as soon as you just say okay kudra kudra's on the set it's it's a wrap <laughs> the 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 question is not if the question is when because we know that that dog is about to cause some chaos the surprise of it all is who he attacks because yes. that is the question of who is going to get hurt i think if you were to line all of the characters up in a row Vicky would have probably been the last in line that you would have suspected. But as <laughs> soon as she sits down by that dog and is just hanging out, you just know something is going to happen. I don't think I knew it was going to be to that effect because basically the dog looks over and snatches her head and shakes the shit out of her, drags her underneath the table, is roughing her up. And because Sabrina and Pedro are yelling so loudly, nobody notices. Nobody hears that that is happening, except for Santino, who literally watches it happen. And it's horrifying. The thing, too, that's crazy to me is Pedro really gives off this energy of like, that's not my kid, which I thought was wild. (laughs) I mean, doesn't he, doesn't it seem like Pedro really, I mean, uh, one, because he knows what's really going on. And so I think there's a part of him that says there's really nothing that can be done. But even aside from that, Pedro, he doesn't know Vicky. He's never really met her, I, it seems. So I, I understand he doesn't have any emotional stake. But even besides that, the fact that a child just got dragged off into the streets by a demon by, dog, by I think their should face. By, by their, their face, face should be upsetting just on a human level. But Pedro really gives that energy of, oh, thank God it wasn't Santino. Really (laughs) dodgeable there. He does. It's so bad. Where it's like, you can tell that his concern is absolutely the, damn, the demon has been released in the town. Not, Mm -hmm. damn, that child just got fully mauled by that dog and got dragged off. That, That is not his concern at all. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. It's pretty. He could not give. I don't think I've ever seen someone give less of a fuck about (laughs) anything, let alone that happening. Yeah, but I mean, the moment is crazy, and again, that attack Mm -hmm. is nuts. Not joking when I say children get obliterated in this film. This being the first of them, Um, the way that she is being just ragdolled before getting dragged off. It's probably going to haunt my memories for a while. And it's not a Um, cutaway sort of a situation. You see the dog bite her on her face and run off. Yeah. And now, granted, when she's getting dragged off, it is very much giving doll. But like, thank God, the weight. (laughs) Thank God. uh, But the weight of the scene is still there. And it's during all this tussle that Pedro still is kind of. His mind is still on the plan. He's like, I got to get my kids and get out of here. But he's also trying to still help Leo and Sabrina and just reminding them, like, hey, there are rules to this shit. Don't shoot that dog. Like, that mm-hmm. that's against the rule. You can't use a gun 
etc etc of course leo's not listening to this his daughter is being dragged off by a dog and leo even says that's my daughter (laughs) don't you under do you understand i understand that's not your kid but do you see where i'm coming from even leo is a little bit baffled (laughs) by pedro's reaction of it is what it is (laughs) it's like we still gotta go um and so uh leo does eventually catch up to the dog and kills the and kills his own dog which you know sad but that dog has been gone for the past at least 10 minutes um Mm -hmm. that is no longer your dog um but he breaks the cardinal rule which then kind of passes the possession to him as we can understand it and here's the part that got me because we we kind of circle back around and we find out that vicky is back at the house she's chilling big chilling completely unharmed and let me tell you before she opened her mouth i did write in my notes i have never been so afraid of such an innocent looking child but the Mm -hmm. fact that she had a wound upon her scared the living shit out of me um so that was already scary but then Vicky decides to drop a couple bars, <laughs> some very villainous bars to her mom and be like, guess what? She's like, what? Dad's coming home to kill you. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. what? He's going to come with his car and he's going to ram you splat right into the wall. And she's like laughing and giggling about it. Very, very happy about it. <laughs> Sabrina's like, what are you talking about? And then, of course, we get a shot. Well, during this time. Uh, Pedro has used the commotion to grab his kids, steal Sabrina's car, and is proceeding to drive away. But before he can leave, he catches glimpse a glimpse of Leo in his car, speeding back towards the house, and he does exactly as his daughter says. Takes his truck and splats his wife completely mm-hmm. across the front of their house. Yeah, but you know what I love is that when he hits her... Vicky also goes flying and then a couple minutes later she's just dancing on the (laughs) doorstep she's like cutting a rug she's so happy so excited that her mom just got uh plowed by the car so then that's the last time that we leave Vicky and Leo however Sabrina that is not the last that we will see of her and so yeah from this moment on I mean, this movie has been, but I do think it is interesting as well to watch almost an infection story along with a possession because a lot of this reads like the chaos that could come from a zombie epidemic Mm -hmm. or something, even the 28 Days Later, the rage that spreads. It almost feels like that in a way, but because of the manner of it and the way that it is spreading mixed with the possession, there's something much, so much more chaos to me only because so many people are unaware of what's happening because it's not like it spreads right away and now this person's infected and they go and bite this person. It's not that type of infection. It's so much more of a covert type of a spread and something about that aspect feels really scary about never knowing who or why it's going to jump into somebody when that happened, if it's already happened, and being unaware of what the repercussions of that is going to be. 
because some people do get possessed and that happens to them and then they do what they're going to do. But I also think it's really horrifying to see the the way that people who aren't possessed suffer as an as an like a result of that, how they get killed, how they get taken out. It's also really scary. It's like I don't know what is worse mm -hmm. <laughs> to become possessed or to not become possessed but be killed by somebody that is. It's like these two ways that it could go and both of them are terrifying. And neither one of them is a win. Um, and, and maybe you can survive all of it in the end and be okay. There's also this idea that gets um, introduced where some people can't be possessed and mm -hmm. but can still be manipulated. Uh, Jimmy is one of those people where he cannot be possessed but can be manipulated. And I do think that that is an interesting idea. I don't fully understand why that would be. Like, I don't know what makes some people more susceptible to the possession and others not, because I do think that that starts to lean in a little bit away from the idea that I like that all people can be affected by this evil. But at the same time, Jimmy and Pedro, despite their survival, do suffer in equal measures because they've lost everyone that they've ever loved mm -hmm. and maybe and now just have to continue on i guess if that's what they so choose yeah with this life so i mean that doesn't mean that they're fine like everything's fucking sweet because they can't be possessed <laughs> like that's not the case but i did i i do think that that is an interesting idea. I don't know that I'm in love with it. Mm -hmm. I do think it works in the fact that you understand why those people are okay. Like we understand why Jimmy is fine and we understand why, um, you know, Pedro is fine and, and Myrta, how, why she's been kicking it. And then it leans into this idea of their biggest concern more so is just being killed by these people, not necessarily being possessed by them. But, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I, I don't think I've definitively decided how I feel about that concept. I, I think that's fair. It's It feels like one of those things where along with a lot of the backstory of this movie, it's stuff that you either pick up on your own and it works for you or mm -hmm. you don't really like subscribe to some of the ideas that are presented presented here. But I think overall, for me, I was kind of here for it because we were dealing with something that is a bit of a mixture of, like you said, possession and infection. Um, I'm okay with the movie kind of deciding what the rules for it are. Yeah. Mostly because our characters are breaking these rules every five minutes. So it's like, <laughs> who cares at the end of the day? They're right. still going to get messed up. So, yeah, the system, the the way the system worked didn't bother me too, too much. Um they're all, there also is, like, this element of Pedro's autistic son mm -hmm. and, like, some of that in terms of, like, his ability to get possessed and, like, how that works and et cetera, et cetera, which does lead to a very disturbing part in the end. But a lot of the plot kind of goes from here on out is, like, the evil gets unleashed. Um, at first, it's a little bit about just survival, right? Pedro mm -hmm. and, and Jimmy Jamie managed to, to get um, Pedro's son and their mom um and they they have wheels but they have no money and they have nowhere to go and so of course jamie 
Now I'm going to be jumping in between the two. Uh, and of course, now Jimmy has uh, Murta, who he suggests as like a possible middle person for the time being, um, for them to just kind of rest and figure out what they're going to do. But we're getting to this point where with this whole possession system, the end goal for this is for evil to be born. The whole point mm-hmm. of the possession is for the the rotten to get possessed. And then once they inevitably kick the bucket, or if you kill them wrong and enough time has passed, a new evil will be able to release itself using that body as a bit of a vessel. So once they finally rendezvous with Murda, we reach kind of this idea of like, all right, do we run or do we try and stop this evil before it gets born? And I think the game plan initially is just run. Like we'll spend the night here and then tomorrow we'll figure out where we're going to go. But we're just going to get as far away from here as possible. But mm-hmm. our good friend Sabrina ain't having none of that. She said, nah, 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 yeah. nah. Evil's going to keep going this evening. Yeah. Sabrina said, but you thought you have my <laughs> kids. Because, yeah, Sabrina comes back similarly to the way that Vicky comes back. And this is just another mind game sort of a situation. Is It's like when Vicky comes back, she looks like she was and kind of plays with Sabrina in that way before she dies. Uh, When Sabrina comes back, it's something they talk about is that Pedro's fear is losing his kids. And so that is Sabrina's purpose is to play upon that fear and use that against him. So when she comes back, she just comes back in the state that she is because the most important thing is that she just takes his kids away. Mm -hmm. And she does manage to do that in a pretty one. I mean, this movie I think is spot on in the way that some of these scenes are choreographed and directed and that I love the lurking nature of the possessed and that feeling of knowing that there's something wrong with them. And they're just kind of lingering in the background of these scenes. It happened with the dog, that feeling of, when is this going to happen? Why is he just sitting there? Why is he just watching and waiting for that actual moment of attack? The same thing with the goat. I love as well with Sabrina of her kind of rocking Santino and and dancing around with him until the mom wakes up and her just kind of hanging out up there until Pedro comes. Mm-hmm. Because it does give this feeling of the demon really playing yeah, With it's people. like I want you to see that I have yeah. Santino. I'm not just I could yes. just leave. I could have just snatched them in the middle of the night and disappeared. Mm-hmm. But where's the fun in that? No, I need yeah. to make you suffer and watch this. Right. Why would I do that? And even later on with the grandmother and uh, I'm not I could not catch exactly how they pronounce Jair. Jair or or something like that. it's spelled J Jair, yeah. Right. But I feel like they like hit the J so something of that but uh, basically Pedro's oldest son who is nonverbal and then just walks into the house talking about grandma I'm cold will you make me tea will you make me soup Mm -hmm. and then like puts his hand on the grandma's shoulder I don't know how I would have reacted (laughs) but I do think the way the grandma reacted was about right because she really (laughs) looks like did I just see what I just saw Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I'm sorry. 
what <laughs> i oh, i feel so bad for granny now granny i know like so i gave granny a pass during the bedroom sequence because even it's in the script thank you that she was <laughs> she was on the sleeping pills so she was a little loopy didn't fully grasp the situation when you know sabrina came knocking on the door but it was just so like when he when the son came in talking like you already knew that that's a rap on grandma but mm-hmm. part of me was holding out for the idea of like, Grandma, you know this stuff. You know, like, you know six of the seven rules. And you have already seen this evening alone. Enough crazy mm-hmm. demonic shit happening that when he walked in the way that he walked in, you should have realized your grandson was gone and dipped up out of there, Grandma. Like, you should have known. You should have known. But, right. but... I give her a pass because they also should have known not to leave grandma with the son. But they didn't believe that he was possessed. The only one who really, well, I feel like Jamie accepted that that. that. he was was possessed. Yeah, no, I I fully blame Jamie on that one. But what I will say is something that they do say is because of him being autistic, an idea that they say is that, his body may be possessed, but they may not have hold of his mind. And I do think that they truly believed that Mm. and that he would not hurt like that. Maybe he was kind of just trapped in a way and that there wasn't anything that he could physically do. It seemed like that was the impression that they were under. And that is what the demon was playing up on. And I will in defense of grandmama, I do think that that is what was happening. I do think that she sat there and she thought, fuck. But also at the same time, what can she do? That's She's like, she can run. They took both of the cars. She can't run. And she's in the middle of nowhere. So even if she had tried, I honestly do have to imagine because he ate her i do imagine that she did try to leave or or do something and then he attacked her because but it's like yeah at that point they really did leave her to be a sitting duck Mm -hmm. because she had no means of communication no means of escape and she is older and can't defend herself so i really feel like in that moment you really do just have to think I'm about to die right now. Like, there's literally <laughs> nothing I can do. And I really can't. <laughs> she look. She was. It was kind of checkmate for grandma. I know. I yeah. know. It just hurts me because she was so nice and I liked her and I didn't and I didn't like her outcome. It just kind of upset me. Um, but speaking of characters that had very terrible outcomes, let's circle back to the, the uh, Santino. Santino moment. Uh, because Sabrina does, in fact, snatch Santino. They fall out mm-hmm. of a window um, and then vanish into the night, which uh, which starts kind of like our, our our hunt for both the Rotten and Santino. And so we actually have two separate journeys here. Jamie goes off to find Santino while Pedro and Murda are going to try and locate the Rotten and kill it to maybe stop all this from happening. It is devastating but probably for the best that it is jimmy who finds santino um because i think if it was pedro there wouldn't have been an ending to this film that would have been the ending Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have gotten anywhere past that um because he finds sabrina 
who is holding Santino. And the way that this shot plays out is just heart wrenching <laughs> because uh again one of the rules is you can't really use electric devices or lights around these possessed um so he kind of has he's in the car and he's kind of having to inch forward using as little light as possible um to see what's going on and once he finally pulls up next to sabrina he sees what she is doing with Santino, which is reaching into this young boy's opened skull mm -hmm. and eating his brains full zombie mode. Mm -hmm. She is pulling out, <laughs> she's, she's pulling his organs out of his head like this man is a rapper for candy. It yeah. is insane. I don't think I have ever seen a kid get this messed up in a horror movie before. I think this might be on the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, she's really going in. I mean, it's the tastiest treat she's ever had, apparently, because she's going, she's in a daze. I mean, just kind of eating away. And then we see the end of Sabrina, apparently, allegedly, in that moment, because Jimmy, in a fit of rage, does run her over with his car. And then the next time we see Jimmy, he is back at the house. Um, but when we last see, I do love that shot of her head sticking through the windshield and then her eyes just popping over open mm -hmm. and her talking to Jimmy. I yeah. thought that was a really cool. There's a lot of shots. That one is one of my favorites. My other favorite is the shot where he is sitting in front of the fireplace and he looks up at the um oh, antlers, antlers mounted on the wall and it kind of extends up in shadow i thought that, yeah. that was a really cool shot as well but yeah i mean this is the moment where everything else that could possibly go wrong for every single character uh is actually going wrong and we also see that when <laughs> so when they transported the body and the body rolled off it happened to be near a school that has been infiltrated by the evil has been being taken care of inside of the school and as a result has possessed and taken over all of the little kids that go to that school so they are all essentially just taking care of uriel and waiting for the rebirth they have hidden him inside of the school, underneath the floor, underneath all of the adults who have also been killed. All of the teachers and administration at the school have at one point been killed. And so our kind of boss before the final boss battle is these little kids who consistently try to mislead our main characters. This, I will say, is the one time where Pedro really, really, really irritated the shit out of me. Like I said, Same. I willingly let go of his other <laughs> kind of moments because I understood his mental state. I still do. I get it. I get that he is really, really, really running on fumes. He's frustrated. I will say Murda was being... Uh, slightly over the top by being like, hurry, hurry, we got to get him out. I'm like, how the fuck is he supposed to get this 
guy out from underneath the floor. How is he supposed to carry him? But the fact that Myrna literally says she is lying to you. She is lying to you. She is over and over and over again. And he has proof that this little girl has been lying through her teeth since the moment they got there. Not a single thing she said is true. And he still believes her. That shit did piss me off because that is why Myrna died. And she literally could have ended everything right there. Pedro, please, I need you to do better in the future. (laughs) That just really pissed me off. Same. I was so upset. I was so, so upset. And it's like, unfortunately it kind of sours the ending for me a bit because similarly to your feelings about kids getting destroyed in horror films and like kind of second guessing that the absolute dread that is the ending of this film had me second guessing. Do I actually like sad endings or is that (laughs) just something that maybe just felt in my soul? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think I still stand with, you know, I like a nice grim ending. Yeah. Um, But that particular decision is the nail in the coffin, right? Like him going and trusting that girl for that split second and causing murder's death is the reason why everyone fails in the end. Mm -hmm. And it's just out of all the mistakes that he's made, it was the most blatantly avoidable one. Yeah. And that sucks. Because like every, like you said, every other mistake that he's made up until this point, I've cut him a little slack because of some extra thing that's attached to the situation where I'm like, all right, bro, I understand that you're stressed, so I'm not going to harp too much on this. Mm -hmm. But it's like, dog, why? Why would you you leave her alone? You see her setting up the winning contraption. Like, why are you? Yes. It's just, it's it's very much infuriating. Yeah. And it's like the moment it happens, you you just are like, all right, well, I guess this is this is this is it. Like this is how this all ends. And I think had some I feel like had the demon had to work harder to dupe Pedro in this moment, it would have made the ending land a bit better for me. But because it was so easy to separate him from Murda, it just did nothing but piss me off. Yeah. And I will say, I do think that they played the heightening of the emotions well in yeah, the it's sense played of. Well, like, in acted this, well. like, there's a lot going on. She's screaming at him. The little girl is screaming at him. The demon is screaming at him. It's like there's all this noise. And it's really, you can see it's really getting to him. He's got this ticking clock. He feels like he doesn't know how he's going to get the body up. He has to break the whole fucking floor of the stage, apparently. So it's like you can understand why he is probably overwhelmed, kind of overstimulated, can't really think clearly, and is just trying to figure out what he can do. And he hears there's an axe. And wouldn't that be great? However, (laughs) the minute that she said, don't leave me alone, don't leave me alone with them, don't listen to her, don't trust her, she's lying. It's so audible and it's so clear as day what she's saying above the chaos that I don't believe that he can't hear her. I don't believe that he didn't understand what she was saying. That's the thing that's like 
pisses me off it's like and then he gets in the office and he sees it's empty and i just feel like his reaction time is so slow i mean she starts screaming before the door even gets slammed and it takes him forever to decide to break the glass i mean she was dead already but it's just his whole decision making in that moment was the most frustrating thing to me and then he decides to kill the demon anyway i think it was one of those moments of defeat where he was just like it's over there's literally nothing that can be done um i perhaps would have still tried to kill the baby demon once he was out i probably would have swung on him but i also think i understand why pedro is defeated and i do think that it is such a fuck you and it works really well that he marks him and leaves him alive because you know that there is a moment of decision where it's like i could kill you but i don't want to because you're gonna have to live with all this shit like you're going to go back home and find out your mom's dead. Your son's possessed. You ain't got nobody but your brother. Uh, and here's a little tattoo <laughs> for you <laughs> that you will not be able to remove, basically. Um, and I do think that that is, like, makes sense to me. I do think that a lot of this movie, the demon has been specifically fucking with Pedro. And I do like that as, like, a final act of, gotcha. Like... Mm-hmm. isn't it what it was all for nothing like yeah how do you feel about that but man it's freaking annoying i it's just so frustrating especially because you had the blueprint right there in front mm-hmm. of you like that's the yeah. thing that's annoying is it's like you had the answers you had the this was a ted talk and you had the speaker right in front of you she was the expert and you let her get her head bashed in. And that sucks. Yeah. Um, and again, her death sequence is great. It's very grim yeah. to watch her just being dragged off and then getting slammed in the face with a hammer repeatedly. Um, this movie also does not shy away again from any of this violence. So you really do get yeah. to see a lot of it and it's uncomfortable. Uh, but yeah, it's just like I I just wish that there was some other other catalyst that got us to that rebirth other than a, hey, go look over there. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing that kind of bugged me about that situation. Um, but it kind of is what it is. Pedro basically loses. The demon is reborn, walks off into the beautiful sunrise. And we kind of get like the world's saddest epilogue in a yeah. way. Because I did really think the movie was just going to end with the demon walking off. But it's like, no, we actually go a couple moments after the brothers reunite. We, in a gross roundabout way, find out that the mom got eaten. We finally do get to see the apple ice cream, though. So that's cool, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then we also get the review. It's like, green. I, I yeah. know what color I thought it was going to be, but I didn't that. think it was going to be green. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> we also find out that Maria Elena's son ate her as well. And so, like, we get some of that information. And we basically just end on Pedro and Jimmy's life in absolute shambles. And that's it. Like that's the end. (laughs) They lost everything. The demon is born and roll credits. Yeah. And evil is probably about to be wreaked on the whole fucking town. Uh, Everything's wrong. Everything's wrong. And it all just started from them trying to do a good thing, trying to do a right thing. Then ended up being the worst thing they could have done. And from that, their entire life is over, basically. The life that they knew, 
is gone. Um, also, I do love this moment of revelation where we do find out that he, the the younger son has also been possessed the entire time and was the one who because the whole movie we keep learning about this gun that he has and then mm -hmm. and it but it never clicks because earlier in the movie pedro says that whoever got shot in the woods got was getting was shooting a revolver and that's the exact type of gun that the son has. And then you find out that it was him the whole time. It's like it all makes sense when it comes back around. Same thing with when Jimmy finds the little piece in the woods and he recognizes it. Mm -hmm. But he won't say from where. And we find out it's because like one of his friends is literally a cleaner. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'm like, Jimmy, you should have mentioned that ages ago. Like, you, know, yeah. we, you, you should have brought that up a long time ago, my guy. But yes, the reveal of the hair and the necklace is fantastic. You know, it's coming, you know what it is, but you're waiting for that necklace to get coughed up so that Pedro can be on the same page. And it's just devastating that last final side eye look over to him that Jair does and you mm -hmm. to and you're like oh now what you're gonna have to kill your son like <laughs> kill that little boy in the stable kill him like you've been needed to kill him truly but yeah it's like that's it and the fine and finally Pedro like letting that go all of that grief go and 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 you have and something inside of you feels like sh those bullets you've been saving like there's just enough for all of you guys yeah use them. i i really <laughs> think that there it was purposeful that we yeah. see like three bullets there on the table um honestly a lot of things are very purposeful in this film mm -hmm. i do like despite my gripe with the like ending catalyst the writing in this is great in just the way that uh, that everything lines up and the way that these different um, clues and characters all kind of mesh together mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. I really do enjoy it. Um, and it's just like, again, I have been in so many of these reviews asking for that melancholy ending where everyone loses and nothing is, is nothing is okay. And that is exactly how this film ends mm -hmm. with just that feeling of emptiness of just defeat. Like there's, there, there is no happy here. Mm -hmm. The evil truly did win. Yeah. I am also <laughs> coming to terms with how I felt about it. Yeah. But uh, if nothing else, I did like it though, because it did feel unique where mm -hmm. I still stand by that idea that we don't see that as often where the characters just blatantly lose in the yeah. end. And this, I think, is a great example of what that looks like and, mm -hmm. like, what kind of emotional damage that will do to the characters. Like, yeah. I think that's played very well. I think the movie allows it time to breathe and it really forces you to kind of sit there in that dread with these characters. For, for sure. I completely agree. And I would like to nominate Puss Balls as our rating system. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think that's fair i was gonna offer up apple ice cream but i there is enough pus in this film <laughs> to uh to warrant the pus ball for that? so okay. i'm cool with it great yeah. great um well is there anything else you would like to say about it before we get into our rating any other notes um, you hit let's see oh one last note i did have was the fact that 
after the rage-filled um, car crash of Sabrina's spine, mm-hmm. um, there is like a mini reveal there where she says to Jimmy, like, oh, uh, I thought you said that you mm-hmm. loved me, which I'm wondering, is that implied that they had an affair at some point? Was that like a subtle stab? Because that's how I took that line. I didn't take it so much as them having an affair as much as Pedro makes a comment that's basically like, oh, Jimmy, you are always such a like lovebird. I think it's just one of those things where Jimmy just like falls in love with people. And I do think that there is maybe a time in his life where he did tell where he maybe loved Sabrina and like maybe told her and like maybe that also was one of those things where i i imagine it almost in a like you should have been with me sort of an ideal that he had um especially because we find out pedro was not the best husband or the best guy um but i didn't think that they had slept together it, it i don't think that they like had an affair because it just feels like i don't know it didn't come up in any other way and it's like she also ended up being with someone else like i i just i almost felt it in a way of it was like he almost wished that he had been with her mm-hmm. or like that she had married him but it didn't play out that way okay possibly possibly it just it sounded like a sassy little final jab from the demon and i was like huh mm-hmm. i wonder what she meant by that um yeah because she's like you said you loved me i was like but... hmm, did he now uh, but also at the i don't know the demon is so fucking petty that i feel like then would have had an affair she, they, she would have been more vulgar mm. about it the way that it came off made it sound very sentimental like romantic like i thought you loved me yeah kind of a thing. maybe and i don't know what was gooping out of her skull while she was on the hood of that mm-hmm. car but it was grossing me out <laughs> she, yeah. was, she was oozing from the temples yeah um, she was but all right, we're doing puss balls. Uh, mm-hmm. I can go first if you want. Sure. I I think I have settled on a four point eight out of five puss balls for this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I said at the start of this. This movie is an absolute ride, and I got to be honest, I was in for the entire thing like i was here for it i Mm -hmm. it's been a while since i feel like i've been that captivated by the things that were happening story-wise but i felt like this take on possession was very unique it was different than what i've seen at least in recent uh in recent watches I mm-hmm. feel like it gave me a lot of Evil Dead, but like uh, in an alternate universe where it's like it took the things that I love about Evil Dead possession, but made it its own and applied mm-hmm. it to this particular story. And that worked very well for me. There's a grittiness to both the storytelling and the acting. And I think just the filmmaking overall that allows all of this to feel like one big cohesive unit. And it's just one of those films that really doesn't pull its punches, in my opinion. And I respect it for that. Um, It's really simply not a five out of five for me just because of the axe catalyst. I just think that there was something else that we could possibly have written there to kind of tie up that last act. But outside of that, I really had an absolute blast with this movie. I think if you're okay with a little bit of more hardcore gore slash you know, body horror type stuff. 
this is a great movie to see if you haven't already gotten like swooped up in the hype that was mm-hmm. this movie last month and yeah it just this shit's wild y'all <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm mm-hmm. still taking a lot of it in but i really liked it i think it was phenomenal so 4.8 out of 5 pus balls for me i'm gonna give this a five out of five pus balls oh yeah okay yeah i don't i was absolutely riveted by this story (laughs) i literally i was like in it the whole time holding on for dear life there was a point where i was forgetting to take notes i was like oh shit i gotta write this down just because i i had no idea what was gonna happen next and i was so just captivated by the story and you guys know i'm not the type of i don't normally love possession or exorcism stories. They're not my favorite. But this one just was so... It combined so many of the things I love about other genres within horror and wove them with the possession in a way that I just felt so... I was just so into the story and it excited me, but also bummed me out. It was stressful, but at the same time... It was never stressful in a way where I was pissed off or irritated. Even with the the moments that did frustrate me, they frustrated me just because in universe, I so horribly wanted these characters to figure it out. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's what this story is. The story is meant to be a tale of like, when you mess with evil, evil always wins. So it makes perfect sense that things don't turn out right. Um, but it's still really, really hard to watch in that way. But so beautifully done. I really am honestly excited to watch this again. I was thinking about like all the people that I would recommend this movie to just because, yeah, I don't know. I was really impressed and I don't think there is anything I would want to change about this movie. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to rewatch it, honestly. So yeah, mm-hmm. five out of five pus balls for me. Hey, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What a but movie, y'all. What a ride, truly. <laughs> I am still just... Don't... I, I, I'm taking it back, honestly, still. <laughs> I think I got most of my thoughts out, but yeah, I'm, I wonder if any of those will change over the days, but either way, I'm excited to talk to you homies about it. Um, let us know how you felt about this movie. I desperately hope that you guys had seen it before listening, because I do think it's one of those movies that's worth going in with as little knowledge as possible. Either way, though, if you haven't, it's on Shudder. If you are looking to check it out, don't, don't. Watch Evil Lurks. Watch When Evil Lurks. <laughs> Unless you're feeling feisty. I don't know. Do whatever you want. But you can talk to us about it on our social media. We are Homies of Horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are Homies of Horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Like I said, come to the Discord. Come get your vote in for our Discord decides and come talk about this movie. Um, the link for that is in our social media bios. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, that means it's Monday. That means we're on Twitch tonight, playing spooky games, hanging out with the homies, having some screams, having some laughs. We'd love to see you there. Come and say hello. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but truly never least, if you're so inclined, we'd love for you to leave us a rating or a review. 
do both on Apple Podcast. Uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we always like to hear what you guys are thinking about the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done so, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, you can always rate us by clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for us today, homies. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And we will be coming at you with another spooky episode next week. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.